Welcome to Real Estate Unscripted, where each week we connect no-nonsense, let's-get-it-done realtors and lenders from across the country who want to grow our businesses and stay motivated with timely topics and experts in our fields. I'm your host, Marjorie Adam. Let's get started. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Real Estate Unscripted. I am super excited today to have someone that you are going to learn so much from, Dr. Joey. His last name is Fawcett, but we call him Dr. Joey. Say hi, Dr. Joey. Hi, Dr. Joey. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to do that. Thanks yes, for the latitude. I, yeah, <laughs> I didn't wear my start shirt today, so I'm okay. <laughs> That's all right. Me neither. So... <laughs> Dr. Joey is what you would use self-titled, which I love, a culture architect. So he works on positive work culture, which anyone listening to right now is something you need to pay attention to. So you are <laughs> architect of the Work Positive Framework, which is fantastic. You have an amazing book, Work Positive in a Negative World, Team Edition, and you help companies really focus on what's important about their culture and being positive at work. So I'm going to start with this easily because I think people don't pay enough attention to their work culture, right? If you ask most people, what's your work culture? They're like, huh, isn't it funny that the culture is not one of the first things people focus on in their company? Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When was the last time? I mean, you set sales goals, right? And you set all these other goals. When was the last time you set culture goals? So setting a culture goal. So by the way, yes. our audience mainly realtors, lenders, right? So, I mean, of course, and anyone else, business people, but realtors and lenders are really kind of who we cater to. And if you're exactly right, we focus on our metrics are, so if you're a lender, how many loans you close, how many loan applications, right? Like how many prequals, how many, those are all the things to get to the sales. Mm -hmm. For us, it's mm -hmm. how many listing appointments, how many buyer consults, how many closings. Then of course, financially, it's your profit and loss right. and everything if they're doing it home hopefully, but really a culture goal. I mean, if you think about it, most people would be like, mm -hmm. I just want it to be okay. Right. I want people to like working here enough. They don't leave. <laughs> well, <laughs> but the wrong people stay, right? Because <laughs> we tolerate behavior that we shouldn't really tolerate. Yeah. I do executive coaching all over the world and our company does coach training of coaches. We really coach for a positive work culture, use coaching as a vehicle to help companies create it. So yeah, I'm familiar with sales goals. I mean, I have real estate brokers who are highly successful, spend all the money that they possibly can on their business and still have seven figures left over to pay taxes on. To your point, Marjorie, if you want to impact those metrics, all of those metrics that you just named, you set culture goals and you do things which build a positive work culture because positive work cultures, I mean, pick any HBR study, just go in there and look at productivity, always goes up. Earnings, 28%, your revenue, 28% year over year. When you're making a strategic tactical effort to create a positive work culture, operating income, 19%, you see that rise year over year. So, I mean, it really goes to your bottom line because at the end of the day, sure, you want to get listings, you want to close loans and things like that. But at the end of the day, who's doing all that? People. Yeah. And so you're really in the people development business. Yeah. Yes. See, I take notes. I learned so much from these calls. So I agree. And I think you had also mentioned to me, like having a chief culture officer. Now let's be clear people. I want you all to listen because sometimes it might just be us or we have a super small team, right? So I have only five, but Perfect. if you are just you Perfect. or you That's and one fine. person, you are the chief culture officer. Mm -hmm. Let's be clear because what I think people think is culture comes from outside. 
culture starts with me. If I'm the team leader, that culture starts with number one, what I exhibit, how I act, but it's also what I accept, what I expect. So the chief culture mm-hmm. officer, if you're listening to this, you really need to, I think, to take a minute and go, wait, number one. How am I doing on that? Like if I come to work every morning like an ogre and just throw stuff at people and and walk out, right? That's <laughs> what I've created. So anyone listening right now, let's be clear. You have a work culture. You do. You might not have thought about oh, it. Yeah. You got one. That's right. Right? Yeah, so. just like the color of your eyes or your fingerprint or anything else, you've got it. You may not know what it looks like, but you can ask the people that you work with every day. They'll be able to tell you, hey, what's it like to work around here? And I think the thing is, it's also mistaken with culture equals salary. So what I mean by that is I pay them well. Mm. Listen, Dr. Joey, they're paid very well for what they do. Like I Mm. give them vacation time, right? So then what do they have to complain about? And I'm being serious. Some people are listening, (laughs) thinking, no, that's not true. For sure. My friend, Larry Levine, who's the author of Selling from the Heart, which is a great book. I highly recommend to all salespeople, Larry Levine, L-E-V-I-N-E, Selling from the Heart. Larry is fond of saying soft skills yield hard dollars. Soft skills yield hard dollars. And it's that way time after time. Every single time you take care of your people, they'll take care of you. Now, if you walk in with a, hey, what do I pay you for kind of attitude? That's fine. Your definition, I'm going to bet 9.9 out of 10 times of payment is they get a check, right? And so there's some financial remuneration. The fact of the matter is, Marjorie, we spend 70% of our waking hours at work doing some kind of work. So yes, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. We have to create sustainable businesses. I'm all about profit. I love the profit, right? (laughs) Because it means I get more time. I'm buying myself freedom to play with my three-year-old granddaughter, right? However, there are intangible paychecks also. And I learned the real power of intangible paychecks when I was a leader of some nonprofit organizations. I wasn't writing a check to people. They were volunteering to come in and give their time, their discretionary time. So what was it that motivated them? Because I can't motivate anybody. I can stimulate you or I can manipulate you, but I can't motivate you. That's something that's internal to you. So what about that intangible paycheck that you're paying? Sure, you're paying them. Financially, that's an external reward. But what about something that's intangible? What do they get from working there? Because the millennials and especially the Gen Zers, they're not going to stay with you unless you do certain things. Now, what are those certain things, Marjorie? One of those things that I think is most important is to create a work culture in which people belong. Now, what does that mean? We're going to stand around and hold hands and sing Kumbaya. Wrong answer. What I mean is, I refer to it, Marjorie, as an equity of exchange between my everyday tasks. So I've got to see the relevance of my everyday task. How does processing this loan? How does getting all these docs together to make sure that the closing is seamless? Whatever my everyday tasks are, I've got to connect my everyday task and their relevance to the company mission. Because I've got to belong to something bigger than myself. And when I can connect what I'm doing that contributes to the overall mission of the company, and secondly, I have a clearly projected career path through that, into which I know we're back in people development. If I do these things, then these things will result from it. In other words, I'll get a a salary bump. I'll get more PTO. 
Many of us are more concerned about PTO than we are paycheck. I mean, good or bad, right or wrong, you don't have to judge it. It's just a reality. But if, as long as I can see that career path and that development path is really the way I like to describe it between my everyday task and the company mission, I am golden. I belong. I see my place in the company. I see my place on the team. Therefore, I belong. A third factor to belonging is if you're my leader and I can disagree with you without fear of reprisal, i.e. losing my job or losing PTO or being talked nasty to on a regular basis. Wow, I belong because I can say, hey, Marjorie, I know what you're saying may be true, but I was thinking this, and it could be something diametrically opposed to what you just said, Marjorie. But if there's that kind of freedom, wow, that really creates a positive belonging culture in that company. Now, the beauty of that is that's the soil from which innovation and creativity are launched. If yeah. you want to be like everybody else and just be vanilla, okay, now I like vanilla, my cachava every day for lunch. Mine's chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I love the chocolate, but it doesn't love my tummy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I make a latte, a couple yeah. cups of coffee and my vanilla cachava. That's like, cool. We'll have to talk more about that yeah, later. Yeah. You're exactly, because when you uh, think about it, people belonging, right? So yeah. if we go back through your points, one, see the relevance of everyday tasks to the company mission. What do you think I'm going to point out about seeing relevance of everyday tasks to the company mission? I give up, Marjorie. What are you going to point out? What's the company mission? So, right, I think, if, <laughs> right, because a lot of times is, do you have a clear, now, obviously, we take care of our clients and everything, but what is yeah, our mission, yeah. right? Yeah. And if we're, because you started with, we got to Kachava with vanilla and I went to chocolate, but so the company mission, I think, is not often clear, right? Yes, it's we got to yeah. close on time. So lenders right. know your company mission isn't close on time. That's a client promise. So what am I doing? So what is my job and my part of this company yeah. doing to elevate the company mission? What's the company mission? Like, could your team members and employees say what that company mission is? Can I flip that for just a second? Please. Because your listeners have heard, oh, your company needs a mission, vision, and values statement. Yeah. Then we all, we're back to sitting around and staring at each other and singing Kumbaya around the campfire, right? Let me flip that. And a friend of mine, David Friedman, his book is Culture by Design. He and I are in total agreement on this and we love talking about it. So often we want to do the philosophical, strategic, more esoteric kind of work around mission, vision, and core values. What we're more interested in is behavior. So let's think KPIs. Okay, when I say KPIs of your company, we're back to the financial metrics and things like that that we were just talking about. But what's the behavior KPIs? How do we roll in the Acme Corporation or whatever the name of your company is? How do we get things done? How do we treat each other? What are the behaviors? I'm all about learning. I've been educated, obviously, to the point of where somebody took pity on me and handed me a doctorate degree if I promise not to come back to class anymore, right? So <laughs> here, you wrote this. That's good. Now get out of here. But anyway, I'm all about education. But at the end of the day, Learning has one KPI, and that's better behavior. Learning is better behavior. What good does it do for me to give intellectual assent to anything, to shake my head and go, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's right. And it doesn't transform my behavior. So mission, vision, and values are important, but what are the behaviors? So I had much rather see a company like you're the leader in your company, and you're saying, okay, I'll take on this CCO hat. I'll be the chief culture officer. What's my first task. Here's your first tactic. Just walk around and ask people, how do we act around here? What are the things that we do? 
and let's talk about the behaviors. Okay, now what are those behaviors? How do they contribute to mission, vision, and value, right? So it's kind of a backcasting, or as my friend Bob Johansson, who talks about future back thinking, how do we currently act? How do we want to act? And then let's build our mission, vision, and values out of that. Let's look at our behaviors. Okay, what are the values that guide our behaviors? How do we do these things? Nice. Does that make any sense at all? Because again, a mission statement tends to be a lofty public oh, yeah. facing right statement yeah. of things that nobody remembers. Like really, I think if you they walk don't through, remember. statement, oh, especially when they're like 17 and now it's Oh God. And then you put them on your website and people's eyes glaze over before they ever finish reading the first <laughs> sentence, right? And you hang them on the wall and you got those cute little posters that you put them on. Yes. Okay, that's important. The motivational posters, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like the demotivational poster. <laughs> those are hilarious. Love those. In fact, because at one point it'll be like, just quit. You're not going to make it. Like those make me laugh. Right? Well, so, I think it has that countercultural effect with some of us who are more competitive. Like, oh, I'll show you. I'm not quitting. Yeah, but for me, I'm like, okay. But you're right. We start with the esoteric and then we hang it on the wall and expect people's behavior to change. Try again. You want to phone a friend? Okay, phone a friend and find out. We're going to work on our behavior. Just yep. some very basic people development kinds of things. And you can dive into stuff like emotional intelligence. I mean, there's all sorts of great material out there. You can read my little book. It's filled with stories, by the way, because people remember stories, yep. right? Agreed. So you just start. Let's tell the story of what it's like to work for the Acme Corporation around here. How do we do? When was the last time we were at our best peak performance? What was that like? Yeah. Nice. And then also clearly projected career path. I think that's something, especially with realtors and lenders, it's kind of hard, right? Because a lot of times we have team members or employees within a role, right? That's not necessarily a role with a path, meaning not that you can't have a larger salary, not that you can't grow in that role, but there's not necessarily that can't go from like the manager to the CEO to the CF, right? Like within something like that. However, I think the clearly projected career path also is learning, right? So what mm -hmm. designations can we get? Bad. What seminars can we go to? What skill mm -hmm. sets can we grow? Mm -hmm. How mm -hmm. can we contribute more to the team? Can we grow? So maybe I want to be a producer versus salaried employees. So there are things like that. And to that point, Marjorie, you better have <laughs> some professional development, some people development and some career paths laid out because don't look over your shoulder, but that sound, that galloping sound you hear coming up behind you is GPT-4. Yeah. I know chat GPT is big deal, but GPT-4 is coming. And once that generative, I prefer augmented intelligence to artificial intelligence, once that generative augmented intelligence comes in, a lot of these rote tasks that just put your head down and get it done, you know, computers are going to be handling all that for you. So the next great frontier, going where no one has gone before in Star Trek, right? You're going to go where the force is. I'm mixing my star metaphors now. No, but that's the uh, right one. Star Wars. Yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> great frontier is going to be the human development. And the companies that succeed are going to be the ones that develop their people and emotionally engage them in work to such an extent that innovation and creativity emerge. And they're the ones who are going to have the competitive advantage and be the front runners. So you can leave the mouse on the wheel if you want to, but GPT-4 is going to replace that mouse. And that mouse could have been a lion yeah. had you developed her. One thing I absolutely, the ability to communicate. I have a lot of people that I coach and mm -hmm. their team 
doesn't properly engage with. In other words, there's almost like a fear level of I can't challenge them and I laugh because right, I have a right. small team and I joke, but I'm not really kidding that especially three of them are really my boss, like meaning they mm-hmm. direct me, they challenge me. I'm very clear on, they own their positions to the point that I'm like, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. But they'll also say, you need to do this, right? Like, yeah, I'm sorry, right. but you need to be doing this. So I think there right. has to have this ability with respect that if you've hired someone to do something within your organization, they own that position and they aren't afraid to challenge you because otherwise there's no growth. Well, not only is there no growth, Marjorie, they're unnecessary. Oh, that's true. If they're not pushing back on you, if they're not fulfilling a, their set of tasks, right. With excellence. If you feel like you have to micromanage them, one of you is unnecessary. And that sounds cold, but that's the attitude you're bringing to that work relationship is if I've got to tell you everything to do, why do I have you here? Because again, pretty soon a computer is going to be replacing you. Instead, develop that person, ask them what they think about when their mind wanders, right? What are the things that they want to be about? I mean, when was the last time you walked around and said a couple of things? Let me give you a couple of questions. You can walk around if you're the leader and ask, right. how may I serve you now? have 911 on the speed dial if this is your first time yeah (laughs) somebody's gonna have a heart attack oh my god how may i serve you and the second thing is hey what do you think we need to be doing around here that we're not doing yeah that's excellent and again if those aren't the kinds of questions you're asking your people they're unnecessary you think you can do it all yourself have fun with that and let me know how that works out for you But the people development business is what it's all about, because at the end of the day, it's people who get all this work done. And that's why a positive work culture works. So we're going to get into some specifics because I think people agree, right? And they're like, yes, I could do better. I could appreciate Mary more. If we think about that, give us some tactics for what you would say contributes things you could do, like to have a positive environment. And again, some of them are simple, Mm -hmm. like be positive and everything. But like, if I'm going to come into work, I have a small team. What are some things that I can Mm -hmm. implement into my daily routine or things I do with my group or team? And it can be just me and one other person. It doesn't matter, right? It could be you and 50 people. But what do you think helps contribute to having that positive environment? Well, I've already given you a laundry list of tactics, right? So in addition to those, here's something to avoid. And I don't start from this end, but you just said something, be positive. When somebody is in a negative state of mind or just in a negative place or season or whatever, let me assure you one thing, walking up to them and telling them to be positive is not going to work. Please, please don't insult them in that way. That's like when my three-year-old granddaughter is yelling And I start yelling over her to tell her to stop yelling. (laughs) All we got now is two of us yelling, right? How does that work out for you? It doesn't, right? So just don't walk up to them and be positive. Our work positive framework from which we coach, the first core practice is the perceived core practice, which is the mental mindset. I don't tell anybody to be positive. I promise. I don't. In fact, I just began a relationship with a new coaching client who's very successful came to me because previous coaches had all had their program right and the last one told him be positive you just got stay positive man be positive that's like yelling over a toddler it, it just is not going to work so instead what we do in our framework and the perceived core practices it's a simple mantra focus on the positive filter out the negative 
Focus on the positive, filter out the negative. Now, one of the underlying assumptions underneath that mantra is that negative stuff happens every day. And in your world right now, realtors and lenders, your world, not only is it negative, it sucks right now. I mean, your back is against the wall. The anxiety level is extremely high among realtors. How are you going to list a house if there's not a house to list, right? We don't even want to talk about commercial listings right now, do we? No. <laughs> we'll just leave that one aside. How can you get a listing when there are no houses to list? Our granddaughter's parents, our daughter and son-in-law, just recently sold their home. Great price on the home, man. They loved it. They don't have anywhere to live. I looked at them. I said, you guys are going to be homeless, right? <laughs> you come live in my office, I guess, right? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's just the market and the place we find ourselves. I, I had a branch partner recently tell me, I never thought in my entire career, I would be hoping to get to zero, get to even on my P&L, right? Because every deal you're losing money, right? Just to get the deal, just to make the deal. Now, of course, we all know that in whenever interest rates come down, whether it's this summer or next summer or whenever, right, you're going to go back and refi and that's when you'll make your money. Sure. I get that. Negative stuff happens. It happens every day. And friends, if you are depending on work to get better and the circumstances around you to get better and the world to get better, uh, -uh it's broken. <laughs> it's just broken. And there's always going to be something broken. So let's just establish that the world is negative, right? Work positive in a negative world, team edition. That's the title of the book, right? In a negative world. So that's just a given. It's a matter of how you bring your mental mindset to that. Dr. Norman Vincent Peale wrote a great book in 1952. It was published called The Power of Positive Thinking. And in that book, he says, every adversity contains within it the seeds of opportunity. Every adversity contains within it the seeds of opportunity. I was reading an interview with one of the founders. There were three founders of Airbnb. They started back in 07, 08, 09, along in there. They just last year turned a profit. And he was talking about adverse market conditions. And of course, everybody wants to talk about the real estate market, right? And so he's talking about adverse market conditions. And he said that entrepreneurs are the ones who see the opportunity in the adversity. That's the first key in our seven keys to work positive coaching program that's online, by the way, video based is adversity. You're going to encounter it. The key is to focus because your brain's like a muscle. Train your brain to focus on the positive. You're not doing this whole Zen Buddhist thing and saying, okay, negativity doesn't exist. Evil's not real. Boom. It is real. It's in your face every day but you're focusing on the positive and filtering out the negative. Now, I don't know about you, but in these market conditions, some of us have to clean our filters out every day, right? Don't go home with a dirty filter, right? Because it's a trap. It will trap you, it'll keep you there. It's gonna only smell worse the longer you leave it there. But you wanna focus on the positive. So ask yourself, what are the positives that are going on around here? Ask yourself, where are the opportunities? What are other people not doing that we could do to distinguish ourselves as a lender or a realtor? So those are some tactics in terms of current market conditions and how to respond to those best in the perceived core practice of a work positive culture. I can share some of the things we do, but if I want to be super thankful, I've got a great team. 
Yep. And I would say we are pretty clear on opportunity, right? I mean, I think we just uh-huh. drag them in here and let's ask them, right? Yeah. How clear are we? <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Actually, I've interviewed them. They're fantastic. But I think cool. seeds of opportunity is actually correct, right? It's like, okay. No, but they're me, seeds. For me, it's like failure is not an option, right? It's just, I. that's how I live my life. There's no doubt. It's like, okay, we're going to grow. We're going to thrive. Right. Let me see if I can reinterpret a little bit, bring a different mindset to failure. So often we associate failure with ourselves or with a person like somebody failed. Failure is an experience instead of a person. And there are lessons to be learned from failure. Okay. We just tried it. We didn't get the results we wanted. Failure comes out of certain expectations. And I don't know about you, Mark, times my expectations are just way out of skew with reality. So hope is not the best strategy, but I got to have hope to keep going, right? So maybe I should have done more market research. Maybe I should have tested this campaign with a focus group a little bit better. What did I learn from this experience? I refer to this as the Dr. Joey two-step. And so obviously there are two steps to it. Let me give you just a little bit of background. Darren Hardy was publisher of Success Magazine for years and years and years. And he did this interview with Dr. Wayne Dyer who's now passed, but what a bright light. He told this story of a newspaper columnist. Maybe you remember newspapers. They were made out of paper and they came out daily. Got on your hands. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Smell like ink, right? So back in the day when people read newspapers, H.L. Mencken was a very well-known newspaper columnist. Now, people can be well-known for all kinds of reasons. Yeah. You can be well-known for wardrobe malfunctions. You can be well-known for looking dapper in your outfit. So anyway, Minkin was well-known as a newspaper columnist. And he wrote this one particular column that a lot of people didn't like. Well, this, again, was back in the day in newspapers, which means we didn't have email or texting. We sat down and actually wrote letters with a pen and paper and put a stamp on them and everything to people. And he got so many of these letters, which are critical of his column that he wrote a column in response to all these people. And that column went something like this, Marjorie. Dear readers, I have received all your letters critical of my recent column. I have your letters in hand. I am sitting in the smallest room in my home. Soon, your letters will be behind me. So the Dr. Joey Two-Step grows out of H.L. Mencken's column, right? In the midst of negativity, in the midst of failure, right? Well, that didn't meet our expectations. Step one, grab the handle. There is a lesson to be learned there. It may be painful, but there's a lesson to be learned. So what can you learn that will cause you to act differently next time? What's one thing you'll do differently the next time you encounter that kind of situation? So step one is grab the handle. Step two, Marjorie, is flush. And please understand that sometimes the experiences are so negative and failure is so pervasive that multiple flushes are required. Yes. Now, Marjorie, what are we flushing? We're flushing that inner critic who says, Joey, man, you suck. Did you see what you didn't do there? How'd you not see that coming? Right. Because hindsight's always 2020. Right. So I'm flushing my inner critic. I'm flushing my need to please other people. Oh, What are they going to think about you? They're going to think you are stupid. All right. So all these exterior types of negative voices that I listen to and choose to listen to. Right. I'm flushing all that. And I'm saying I'm hanging on to my lesson. What's my lesson I learned? What's one thing I can do differently next time? And I'm moving forward. I'm going to take more shots. Yes. 
Wayne Gretzky said he missed 100% of every shot he didn't take. Yes. So, I mean, let's just take more shots. What did you learn? Take another shot. So you work with a lot of companies, right? You Mm -hmm. work with individuals and companies and they work on a positive environment. So let's say their mental mindset's really good. How do you think they celebrate or show appreciation to their teams and employees to continue? Because I think, of course, mindset, how you treat people, number one, right? Like that it's a positive place to work. But then I think there's this ongoing, like if they're excited to come to work, like what are some things that you see these companies do that you think keeps that kind of excitement and love? Because we all talk about like having a Karen, you call them Kevins. I think that's fantastic. A Karen or Kevins. Kevin culture. Yeah. So I want this ongoing positive culture. I want to show my team how important they are and how much I appreciate them and how much value they have. How do these companies that you think, wow, they are doing it right. What do they do well to have that continue? That's a great question. And before I answer that, let me just clarify. Kevin culture is uh, we've all worked with a Kevin. We've all worked for a Kevin. I call him suckus negativius. He just belongs to that species, right? Of persons that I refer to as Eeyore vampires. Because yep. if you remember Eeyore from Pooh, I mean, just think about it. They were having a team meeting every time to plan the perfect play day for Christopher Robin, right? So you got Pooh who brings his honey pot, right? Piglet, they're coming up with all these wonderful plans. Kanga and Rue are there and Eeyore walks up and what does he say? It'll never work. That's Kevin. Yeah. Now, if Kevin would stay at work, that would be wonderful. But Kevin doesn't stay at work. And that's the Eeyore part. Now comes the vampire. When the sun goes down, Kevin Eeyore morphs into a vampire because there you are trying to be with the people that you love, trying to have some fun. I don't know what you're doing, playing pickleball or something, right? And... All of a sudden, who's in the back of your head? It's Kevin flying around in your head. Oh, you should have done this. Why are you here on the pickleball court? You should be back at work doing this. So that's Kevin culture. Now, the seventh key in the seven keys to work positive coaching program is all about what I refer to as celebrate and sustain. Celebrate and sustain. Too often, we close a deal or we, we come away from a closing come away from securing a listing and we don't celebrate. We just say, what's next? Get on the phone. Let me call somebody else. Let me do that. Celebration literally sustains your success. Now, what does that mean? Your mind, and I'm not going to geek out on neuroscience here, so relax, but your brain loves celebration because when you are experiencing those emotions, not just the feelings, but the feelings that you traffic through your brain become emotions. And we can talk more about that in a later podcast. When you celebrate those emotions of success, the self-affirmation, the adulation, congratulating others, recognizing it's a team contribution, that all impacts you because your serotonin, dopamine, and other brain balancing chemicals and hormones, they accelerate. They go way, way up. And in fact, when you're paying someone else a compliment, Marjorie, that actually lifts those brain balancing hormones and chemicals higher than if you're congratulating yourself because the joy is doubled. It's multiplied then, right? Okay, so celebration actually sustains you, helps you focus on the positive and filter out the negative when it comes time for the next experience. 
for a closing or a listing or whatever it is that you're doing. So yes, celebration and sustaining are so vital to creating a work positive culture. One quick tactic on how you do that. Let's say that I'm the leader in my company and I'm wanting to create this celebration station, right? Well, Gary Chapman's written a book about the five languages of appreciation. Yes. If you're used to his five love languages book, yep. it's those same kinds of things just applied to appreciation in the workplace. Yep. He's absolutely brilliant. The five languages of appreciation by Gary Chapman. So typically I want to celebrate based on my preferred pattern, my yes. appreciation language, if you will. So if I'm the leader, I'm going to assume everybody wants to experience appreciation like I do. So cachava for everyone, right? Well, what if Marjorie likes chocolate and Joey likes vanilla? Does that mean we're all going to eat matcha because you like matcha? I mean, that's that green stuff that looks yeah, like Yeah, we do that at home, kale. too. If you mix yeah. it with food, it's okay. But... <laughs> I can't get it past my eyes. <laughs> it looks like you're drinking puke. But anyway, sorry. Is it okay to say that on your podcast? It's pocket? unscripted. We're really oh. unscripted. <laughs> I am. So how do I most effectively help my team know that I appreciate them and create the sustaining of this, which spills over to the next positive experience, right? Carries over. I find out how they want to celebrate. Yes, we did that. Hey, what's your favorite way to celebrate? Hey, guys, we just did this big deal. How do you want to celebrate? We're going to celebrate. How do you want to celebrate? Yeah. Okay. It may be to go play pickleball. I don't know. It may be to go have hot dogs at some hot dog stand. It may be to go to a fine dining restaurant with linen tablecloths and we all dress up. I don't know. But your culture, in order to be work positive, respects the differences among others and allows a collaborative effect to take place. Here's how we as a team choose to celebrate this time. Now, I may not get all of my preferences in this time, but I do know that because this team loves me, we're going to do it next time. Yeah. So tactically, we all took the test. There's a test you can take from the book that right. shows your love, like your love language, how you uh, like to receive appreciation. So Perfect. all the team members have done this. And on actually, we have posted in a fun little like thing above their desks is not only their disc profile, right? How Absolutely. They can, but their preferred love language, because... I think it's so important because again, a lot of people like I give them $50 every time we close and they just don't appreciate it. It's like, because they want you to say you did a great job or they want you to say you can leave an hour early on Friday, right? Like it depends on, so you're exactly right. Cause we, that's the biggest issue when I coach the realtors, right? It's we're all high D's. So we're going into dis we like, we're yep. like, let's just get it done. Yep. You're talking right. too much. Move I don't on, really care on. about that. Yeah. Let's go. It's like next we're deal. Right. And so so there is no appreciation for all the hard work. And it's not that we frankly don't appreciate. It, it's just we've moved on. But I mean, I'm already over here. And so to me, tactically, right, it is mm -hmm. certainly how you come in and appreciate them. It's certainly thanking them. It's certainly pointing out everything they do for the team. I mm -hmm. think it is the language of appreciation. We have mm -hmm. a fridge in our office where all their snacks are there. So breakfast and lunch stuff and during the day, things are there based on things they love. I'm a big sporadic, let's go to loft, let's go have a cocktail at lunch. You know, it's Friday, mm -hmm. let's go have a drink if they want to. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a fun cup where if we hit our goals, we draw from the fun cup. That's where we might go smash cars. I was telling you earlier, you can break things with bats. I'm very excited about that. No cars were damaged in the recording of this podcast. No, 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 no they, it's meant to be a car. <laughs> but I think the thing is, 
again, it's it's taking that step back, especially for producers, which yeah. people listening are. I don't need that, right? Like I've moved on. Well, and- you might not think you need it. You just need less of it than other people. Yep. You still need it because we all need an girl or an boy, right? We do. Even if it's just a moment of self-congratulations. I refer to this, Marjorie, as slowing down to speed up. Oh, it's nice. one of many ways that I talk about slowing down to speed up. If you will slow down long enough to recognize not everybody's like you, it is D-I-S-C. Or if you do MBTI, you know, there are four other combinations of letters. If you'll slow down long enough to recognize it's not about you, then you're where they are and meet other people on the team where they are. And we're back to the people development business. One of the best days of my life in all sorts of ways, whether it's as a husband, a dad, a son, a business owner, a leader, was when I made that transformation from me to we. Oh, yes. And when I made that transformation from me to we, and I made it less about me and more about we, man, life really got good. Now, does that make me a wuss? No, 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 not at all. It just means that I think less about myself, not less of myself. I'm quite comfortable and secure in who I am. I just think less about myself. And I think more about you. And that's how I can run around asking, hey, how can I serve you? What can I do to help you? Hey, what's going on? And I do that with vendors, my marketing agency. That's the way we open and close every conversation. Seth says, how's it going, Dr. Joey? And just yesterday I said, well, man, my dad's leukemia has returned. He says, man, I'm sorry to hear that. What are you going to do? So then we start talking about how it's going to affect my work schedule and things like that. So we close out with him. I said, hey, did you guys get that new pool, dog? Did you get that? Yeah, we went swimming and everything. I mean, so it's not everything is overtly about a deal or about a marketing campaign. But again, people do business with people that they know and that they like. Right. Yep. And there's the credibility, as my friend Mitchell Levy talks about in his book, Credibility Nation. Yeah. I mean, I think with as having a team and everything, I think being able to also acknowledge, I think you talk about your proud moments. Mine are, if you look at all of our reviews, it's very little about me. Hmm. So I think that when they say Brittany's amazing, Bethany's amazing, Taylor's yep. amazing, yep. Yep. amazing, they did right. such a great job. That's yep. the goal. Right. And also way cool. Like we talk about also, I laugh like a lot of people, like I have my team and then you go on their websites, just them. And it's like, no, no, no. Like ours is all videos of the, the team members and what yeah. they do. I just think the me to we is huge because me can only go so far. Me yeah. alone is an island, right? Like mm. and while sometimes I like to be on an island with shells and yeah. Nicolata, let's be honest, <laughs> there are days when like, give me the island. Yeah, me, myself, and I do enjoy those kinds of places. But the we is key. But we can't, I mean, as we wrap up, which I could talk to you all day, the we comes from, you can only have a great we with our culture goals, right? With understanding how people are going to stay with you, with having this behavior paying attention to, with understanding mental mindset, as well as Mm -hmm. things that we can do so that they're excited to go to work, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to have my team members dreading come to work. That is not, you know, or gosh, what's Marjorie going to be like today? Like, that's something that we need to really sit back and think about, like, how do I show up? How do I translate this? And then look, Mm -hmm. if in our business, we have to be our service level has to be 
amazing for clients to work with us because otherwise we're a commodity. Look, you right. can sell your house on 1-800-blah-blah-blah.com, whatever, like <laughs> it's true, right? So mm-hmm. our service lever and how we treat our clients and how we provide to them is important. But then the people that are in the we that we work with to provide that level of service, how are we treating them? Mm. You can't mm-hmm. see people are so important to me and all of this and then turn around and leave Commoditize this. Commoditize the process. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that understanding that is something that I think a lot of people struggle with thinking people are just replaceable cogs in a wheel. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> while people aren't, some positions are about to become that way due to the advance of augmented intelligence. So it's an opportunity, right? It may be an yeah. adversity. How many articles have you seen? The top 10 jobs are going to be consumed by chat GPT. Uh-uh. What are the opportunities then for human development, for people development, so that your company can have a strategic advantage? And it sounds simple when I describe it. We think back over all the things that we've talked about today. Oh, that's simple. Okay. But are you doing it? Yes. And how often are you doing it? How easy is it for you to do? It means a different mental mindset. It means bringing a a different set of habits. And that's why I didn't think of the name culture architect. Somebody gave it to me. Well, Dr. Joe, you're like an architect. You're helping us design this culture. And I went, cool. I'm a culture architect. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take it. I'll wear that one. I'll put that on a ball cap. So that's what we're doing. And if you could do it by yourself, you would have already done it. However, the answers lie within you and a great executive coach who works out of a positive framework for your work culture is going to help you discover your customized culture that's positive. That's going to develop the people that you work with each and every day the most, right? That's how you're going to get the greatest impact. It's not going to be somebody, even though we offer online resources and things like that, it's not going to be somebody that comes in and says, hey, Marjorie, you got to do this, this, and this. Mm -mm. This might be the tactics that you use, but you got to personalize them into your team and discover how they work. So that's why it's an architecting process instead of a GC process. Well, we're also all different. Like, I think there's also, as we wrap up, like being true to you, like I'm a little weird. I love Star Wars. I love Harry Potter. We're all weird. Yeah. Well, we all read it our own way. But I think that I'm very like my team jokes because I'm just I'm turning 52. Right. And my team's like, wow, you don't always have to say what you think and not in positive and negative. (laughs) Right. I'm I'm very vocal. But I think that (laughs) how our team works is we're very true to who we are. Right. So I think that that's part of it. What's your identity? What's your team's identity? How do you celebrate that? Again, we're not vanilla. So I think, but before they even worry about that, I think if you're listening to this, take a moment and say, okay, first, I'm going to take a few minutes and think about what is my culture? It's not defined. And then you have to go ask Mm. your team members and it might be hard. And of course, as we talked about, you can't go and yell at them if they disagree with you and say you're wrong because they're right. (laughs) Well, you can but uh, that's okay. a Kevin culture, culture. right? Kevin yells. But I think <laughs> if we want to grow and thrive through this market, Absolutely. that's the thing that I think a lot of us are thinking about. Where's my next lead coming from? And yep. that, but are we really thinking about the productivity and maximizing the opportunity of our team? And, the and you culture. get so many more leads that way. Just, yeah. just ask, hey, what does it like to work around here if you're the leader? Yep. Yeah, but absolutely. I love also, I think for all of our VIPs and business partners, how sure. may I serve you? 
right? Oh, I don't want to call anyone without a purpose. How can I help you? What are you struggling with right now? Right? Yeah. It's out there. How can I help you? Um, yeah. What can I provide to make things easier for you? Who wouldn't make that phone call like, all day long? And just be quiet after you ask that question. Yeah. How can I serve you? And then be quiet. We're not good at that. Listen. Yeah, listen. Ooh. And actively listen and say, okay, let's say I do that for you. What does it look like when we're done? Yeah. Ooh. And so there you're naming your preferred outcomes. And then my third magical question is, how are we going to celebrate it when Ooh. I serve you in this way and we accomplish whatever it is that they just named? How are we going to celebrate that? Oh, love that. So I'm sorry, do that, anyone man. who's listening, there you go. There's your phone. Like, bam. <laughs> Boom, boom. I can't drop this mic because then I got, but seriously, how may I serve you? Listen, what would it look like when we're done? Listen, yep. and how what will it look that? like? Not, yeah. not, not what would it look like, Marjorie? What, what will, will it look yes, like? Because there's the anticipation. Yeah. Like, and then how will we celebrate? Because I'd be like, Ooh, lemon drops. That's how we yep. I mean, again, I think that people need to be fired up right now. Right now, there's so much that we're all like, all, we're also, it's June. We're a little burnt, right? It's been a long yeah. year. We got a second half. A lot of us, yeah. you know, low a little bit in the summer. So we're just, we're not in the mindset we need to be in. So you were perfect. Yeah. You are the shot right. in the arm that we all needed today. Hey, it's my pleasure to serve you. Thank By the you. way, the companies, they're still going to be around. The realtors are still going to be in the realty business. The loan officers are still going to be the branch partners are still going to be in business a year from now they're the ones who are going to be doing what we talked about today yes the so ones guys, who I want don't you do be... what we talked about today you, i'm sorry you just go find another job because you're yeah. not going to be in business well i want them to be because they're my listeners too and absolutely their families so in a year oh, we can it. okay so i'm going to record today's date one year we're going to do this again and Sweet. we're going to then have all the listeners check in and say i'm still here <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And here's what I did to stay here. Yeah. Share some ideas. Dr. Joey, thank you so much for joining me today. Glad to. And look, look, your listeners, let me know how I can best serve you. If you'll go to workpositive.today, our website, I got something absolutely free for you there. Something to talk about is a course that will help you transform the conversations that you have. And of course, those conversations reflect your mindset, your relationships, your emotional engagement, your productivity, as well as the ethics of how you do what you do. It's absolutely free. Just go right there. Workpositive.today. Scroll to the bottom of the page. Something to talk about. The other thing is, Marjorie, as you said, your industry, along with so many other industries, are in such distress right now. During the pandemic, anti-anxiety and anti-depression medication prescriptions were up over 30%. Yeah. So in response to all that, I have made the Work Positive in a Negative World Team Edition book, Kindle version, only 99 cents. Ooh. So if you just go to Amazon, Work Positive in a Negative World Team Edition, Dr. Joey Fawcett, that's two T's and an E. Yes. It's right there. And look, after you buy it, if you read this book and you don't feel like you got at least 99 cents worth of value from it, Dr. Joey, D-R-J-O-E-Y at workpositive.today, email me and say, your book sucks. I didn't even get 99 cents value out of it. I will send you your money back. A dollar. Okay? We'll send a dollar. Uh, a whole dollar. <laughs> right. No, and I'm going to put all this in the show notes too. So everyone listening, if you're in your car, which a lot of people listen to, or if you're at the gym, then don't Walking worry. Walking the dog. Yes. 
whatever you make healthy habits, then while drinking cachava, which we can talk about, this will all be in the show notes for you so that you can use all of these resources. And again, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, Marjorie, I love you and your list are amazing. Thank you to Alcova Mortgage for making the connection with us. Thank you so much. Real Estate Unscripted is sponsored by Alcova Mortgage. Alcova is committed to simplifying the mortgage process. Check out the tools we offer to realtors and homebuyers at alcova.com slash realtors. Alcova Mortgage, equal housing lender, NMLS ID number 40508, NMLSConsumerAccess.org. Before we go, please show us some love by subscribing on your listening platform of choice and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you share this with your friends and be sure to listen in next week. Until then, this is Marjorie Adam. Don't forget to check out the show notes for a recap. This podcast was made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support.